Hello and welcome to the Enthusiasm Project. This is the podcast that is 100% a podcast and I still don't have a slogan for it. <laughs> My name is Tom and today I wanted to talk about uh, something that is all over my YouTube channel, but also something that is super relevant and uh, that I'm working on right now for a work-related pro project, which is the slogan that I have up everywhere that is work hard, be kind, have fun. And I think that it would be important to dive into that so that you and I both have a better understanding of it, because by explaining it, you'll kind of know what I mean more when I say that and have that places. And then by explaining it, I will also confirm more what I mean. And then I will also be able to use it in a presentation that I'm working on because I'm uh, in a couple of days, I have a presentation in Sacramento that I'm giving at a CTE career technical uh, teachers conference. And I've been going to this conference for about seven years now. And I quickly learned that when you go to a conference uh, repeatedly, even if it's a great conference, it becomes repetitive. And one way to make that more interesting, especially if it's something like this, where it's it's basically a requirement for my job that I go, but it is a good conference. Um, if you present or you're more involved, it makes it more interesting and it makes it a little different every year and puts kind of a different spin on it. And for this conference, especially, it, it's a good sized conference. There's three or 4,000 teachers that are there uh, from all over the state of California. And to present, you basically just fill out a form online. There's so many different sessions and presentations and locations and stuff. And the beauty is, uh, I don't know if I should be saying this or not, but they kind of don't check what you're going to say. So you just fill out your presentation and then you just get to say stuff. And I always uh, cherish that. And so I try to do presentations that are a little bit different than the other ones and hopefully really relatable and important and, and personal and personable. And uh, last year I did a presentation that was all about kind of my journey into starting a YouTube channel as a teacher, which was fun because I was, you know, the channel was still really, really small. It was, I had about 200 and something subscribers. Um, I, had, I had done a lot of videos though. I'd done like 80 videos. And it wasn't about the numbers. It was just about the idea that by by doing that thing, it opened a lot of doors for me to become a better teacher, even though the reason I started the YouTube channel in the first place was specifically to get away from work. And I didn't want to work anymore. Not, <laughs> I didn't want to only work on my work. I wanted to do my own personal stuff. And I was like, I'm going to start this thing that's my own. It's not connected to work. And then, of course it got tied into work and helped me so much in my teaching. And this year I wanted to do sort of another take on that, which kind of is, the goal is that if that there are teachers there and, and, you know, there can be anywhere between zero and, you know, 100, 120 people in the audience for each session. And the goal is that uh, the teachers would leave and, be motivated to share their passion because I think that as a teacher, one of the things that can make you a really effective teacher is to be actively engaged in your thing that you do. Like I have a friend 
who's an English teacher, but also, you know, an avid reader, writer, also podcaster. And I think that 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 definitely makes him a better teacher because he's actively engaged in his subject area. And so this year, the presentation that I'm putting together is called Work Hard, Be Kind, Have Fun, Just Create More. So it's like a smashing together of of the slogans that Heather and I each use. And originally, uh, she was going to travel to Sacramento with me and we were going to present together, but the travel just didn't work out. So I'm still keeping the title, but we're we're just sort of combining ideas. And uh, I think it's going to be really good. I'm actually super excited about it. It's going to be a little different. I'm planning to record the actual presentation. So just with the audio of it. So that way I can put that up as a podcast too and sort of have it. I live streamed it last year, but it, the audio is so bad on live streams, you know. Um, so this year I just wanted to do focus on getting good quality audio which shouldn't be too difficult. But uh, but it, it made me really think like, okay, that slogan, I went, when I first came up with it, I loved it. And now I've almost been like, uh, not liking it as much. And so I wanted to examine it a little bit, uh, mainly because we're in the midst right now, culturally, of this thing that I've heard described as uh, hustle porn, <laughs> which is like, the hustle and the grind and like it's just like this i don't i don't even 100% grasp like what hustle is in concrete terms but everybody likes to say that like it's all about the hustle and hustle and i get that it's it's uh it's the idea of working hard and a strong work ethic but i think it's sort of turned into something else where it's not necessarily it it where it's it's almost more uh, like self-aggrandizing than it is a, a character trait. And where, where I came up with that was um, I actually completely stole it, <laughs> or at least part of it, the main idea from Conan. Conan O'Brien, when he was leaving The Tonight Show, he gave this great monologue. This was back in 2010. And in his closing monologue, he was just talking about uh, whether or not he had any ill will towards NBC after, you know, they he fired he was fired slash forced to quit and there was a whole debacle there and he was talking about nbc and the people there had been his home for his adult life and most of his career and um at one point he said uh uh, what did he say he said that if you're if you work hard and you're nice to people great things can happen and i was like that is a really good thing to hear and I, i was in the midst of like finishing my teaching credential and and about to, you know, leave my current graphic design job at Trader Joe's and uh, start substitute teaching and student teaching and stuff. And that was just a really good thing to hear right then when it was kind of like this sprint towards the finish line. And that really stuck with me. And then a couple of years into my teaching career, especially when I moved into digital media, it was just kind of at the end of the year, I, I like to, you know, when the seniors are graduating, I like to talk to them about we just like to share life things. And that was kind of something that really popped up, but I had sort of modified it. And I was like, you know, a big thing that I always have instilled in my students is the importance of a strong work ethic of working hard and not in the hustle porn way, but in, you know, in the, and I don't mean to put people on blast, but like, if you go, if you go to YouTube now, the idea of like work hard, hard work is all over the place. Like, and sometimes a lot of people do it that it doesn't seem like they're working that hard, but they keep talking about how hard they're working. 
and I'm not really into that at all. What it what it means to me is not burning yourself out, not burning the candle at both ends, not working stupid, but doing the work. And I was getting so frustrated as I was finishing my schooling and trying to start my career. And there were other people my age and other people even older who were just sort of like floundering around, you know, unemployed, living at home, no ambitions, but tons of talent. And it was just kind of like, oh, I don't want to have to take that class. And I don't want to have to like, you know, oh, it'd, it'd be, it'd take me so long to like finish the school thing, or I don't want it. Like, it was just kind of the, oh my God, like shut up and do what you need to do to achieve that goal or shut up and stop talking about it. And for me, it was, you know, I, I decided to become a teacher during the, what do they call it now? The great recession, like right at the midst of it, when there were no teaching jobs, it was probably the worst career choice to go into at the time. And starting the credential program was tough. And I kind of looked at it and I was like, okay, you're going to have, you know, one and a half to two years where you can't do anything, where there's not going to be going out of town trips. You're going to have zero money. You're going to have zero time because you're going to be working and going to school even more than you already are. And once that's done, there's a payoff, which is now you get to work really hard at this job. And and it was just kind of like, that's the step that I needed to take to get to where I wanted to be. And so just put your head down and do it and just do it. And that was kind of, I guess that's Nike's slogan. <laughs> but but that was sort of the impetus of like, just work really hard to do the things you need to do to get where you want to be and achieve the goal that you want to achieve, whether it's big, small, whatever. And that that is something that stuck with me. And I just really push towards students, especially when I see the opportunities that that student that high school kids have now are insane especially when it comes to digital media you don't they do not have to wait until they're in a career position or a college or have a degree or whatever like at, in high school at any grade level they can start a thing that is like a real concrete thing if they have the work ethic and instilling that within them is really important to me that that idea of yes it's going to be difficult but difficult thing but what is the thing extraordinary you know extraordinary things require extraordinary effort and so the hard work part is really important and, and I just kept drilling that into my students and, and at the end of one school year we're just kind of coming back to like hard work isn't always fun but it's always satisfying and that's kind of true happiness doesn't come just from fun and frivolousness but it really comes from satisfaction and working really hard and knowing that you have a strong work ethic is something that's not only going to help you succeed but it's also going to help you be satisfied but also you can't just be somebody who works really really hard sometimes really hard workers are jerks or they're unhappy or they're burnt out or it's really unhealthy or whatever and so that's why I was thinking to Conan's thing of like you you work you need to work really hard but you also need to be nice to people and so I would always then tell my students to work hard and be kind, work hard, be kind, work hard, be kind. Uh, but as somebody who did those things, I also learned that it's also a good way to become resentful of people and things really, really quickly. If you're somebody who works, if you're somebody who works really hard, you have a very good chance at succeeding. If you're someone who's also really nice, who doesn't want to work with someone with a strong work ethic, who's also a nice person. Everybody wants to work with that person. 
but there are also a lot of opportunities and a lot of people who will completely take advantage of that person. And for a long time and a lot of times and still sometimes that person is me where you'll work really hard, you'll be super nice, and then you become a doormat. And that is not the best place to be. And I didn't, I don't like that. And so that's where I added on the have fun component, because hard work isn't always fun. But one of my other favorite sayings is that it takes a lot of work to do dumb stuff, because a lot of the things I really like, and I'm interested in are like creating really silly, goofy, ridiculous things. And it's shocking how much hard work and talent and skill really go into creating that kind of stuff. And I learned that from my favorite band, the Aquabats, favorite band of all time. They work really hard to make some of the dumbest stuff you've ever seen. And it's magnificent. So that, I mean, that that's really where it came from. So the end of one school year, I think this must have been the probably the end of the 2013 school year. That was where like... I told my students I was going to like give them the three keys to success and I would like guarantee their success. And all you need to do is work hard, be kind and have fun. And, you know, who can really argue what organization is going to argue or group or whatever client is going to argue with someone who's a hard worker, who's also really nice and also like has fun and enjoys what they do. That's, you know, it's way easier said than done. But wow, what a terrific goal to achieve. And so that kind of became my thing that's in my classroom syllabus. It way, way before there was ever a YouTube channel, that was like my classroom slogan. Those were the character traits that I wanted to put into my students, like everything they're doing. Are you working hard at it? Are you managing to stay kind to others? And are you finding a way to have some sort of fun with it? Um, and, you know, that's a really good evaluation of whether you're doing something that's worth your time or not. And I, I think that it's successful. And I think that it helped a lot of kids, you know, do good things and help me stay on track a lot. And so with the the enthusiasm project, TM, copyright, registered, not registered, whatever, it, um, I, I just, it just sort of naturally came as like a slogan, although the impetus behind the enthusiasm project was a lot, a lot more about like a carpe diem, you know, you only got one shot, you only have one life, time is limited, life is short, how are you going to use that? But to achieve whatever you're going to do in that time, those three values are there. And, and I, you know, I just naturally, it just sort of went together. But then I started seeing it everywhere on other people's YouTube channels and banners, like they, they work hard, work hard. And then, you know, there's, there's the hustle thing that came in where it's just like, oh my gosh, like 24 seven hustle, blah, 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 blah. And it's, it's a, it's a lot of like empty calories, I feel like, and I, I feel bad criticizing that. And obviously not all the time, but it's, I, I just feel like it's easy to say rather than do. It's much easier said than done to be like, work hard, I work hard, working hard is important. And then, you know, the person is just someone with a YouTube channel who's like living off a trust fund and makes like two videos a month that are not that good. And you're like, this is what, this is your hard work. Like, no, like, why don't you get a job or do a thing that, you know, benefits others besides yourself. And I, I just thought it was important to address that because I don't want to fall into that hustle porn category. I want to fall into the, like the character, the strength of character, the idea that you have values and whether or not people are, are seeing those values or whether or not 
anyone is around, those are still your values. Like that is the definition of character, right? Um, your true character comes out when no one's looking. So, you know, if I, if I tell as it, I have all these teacher things, but whatever, it's after work on a, on a school day. So teacher stuff's on my mind. But if I tell my students like, man, pick up trash, like pick up your litter, blah, 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 blah. That's important. And then when I'm walking around on my own and no one's around and I see like trash on the ground and I don't pick it up, well, you know, that says something about my character. If I break something or, you know, whatever, and you find money on the ground and you have the opportunity to keep it or you have the opportunity to turn it in or try to find the person it belongs to. Like those are small, very concrete examples, but your character is really important. You know, like, sorry, I keep clicking this thing and it's probably annoying. I shouldn't do that. And that, that is kind of where, where it came from for me, the slogan, work hard, be kind, have fun. I just feel like those are just really keys to success. And so that's that's what my presentation <laughs> I'm excited about. It's not all done, which is so different from how things used to be years ago when I would do these like branding and marketing presentations and stuff. And I would have them, you know, meticulously like memorized and noted out like a week or two in advance presentations in like two days. And I have like a vague idea <laughs> of what it's going to be, but it's okay because it's only like 80 minutes. Uh, but it's cool. And then I, I like to make the presentations look good because death by PowerPoint is a very brutal way to die. And that that is kind of my goal. So I want to start the presentation by explaining who I am, that those are, you know, the keys that I try to instill in my students. But it's not just you can't just instill something, you have to embody that thing. And then I want to go through this whole thing of kind of flipping the idea on its head about how last school year was a really challenging school year for me, where I at one point was thinking I was probably going to quit my job or lose my job. And then it ended with me getting voted our district's teacher of the year, which wasn't what I expected, not how I thought that story was going to end. And the reason that it, that that was able to happen was because I was able to take a step back from work, which actually made me better at my job because it gave me perspective and it gave me the chance to focus more on my own things. So my identity wasn't tied into my job. My identity was tied into who I am, what I value, what I can create, and knowing that I have the power to do that, regardless of who is signing a paycheck. And luckily, obviously, everything worked out, and I still have my wonderful job. But uh, I'll go, you know, into that story in depth during the presentation, which is also something that like, usually, I don't think people talk about in presentations. A lot of time, it's you go and you sit there and the person's supposed to be like a guru with all kinds of just knowledge and they have it all figured out. And in reality, they're probably also just somebody who filled out a form on a website to do a presentation uh, or they got like, you know, asked to kind of nudged into doing it. And I, I, I like that. I like the idea of let's just share our experience. Let's just share our perspectives. And just because somebody is up there talking doesn't mean that they are inherently more knowledgeable or experienced, but maybe they have something of value to share. And and hopefully people will walk away with that. I know that's sort of vague, but I, I think it's it's all there. Now I just need to like tighten it up and condense it and make sure that the message stays clear throughout. And I think it'll be good though. I'm excited about it. Um, so anyway, it's caused me to think a lot about that slogan and what that means because if I'm communicating it to other people, 
I want it to be valuable, but I also kind of want to go like, oh, but I was saying that before it was cool not to be the like total hipster thing, but with seeing all the hustle porn as I, I really love that term because it's the perfect, it's the perfect explanation of that whole like the grind thing. And ugh, it's very unappealing to me. I think, I think that people who truly quote unquote hustle don't have to tell you that they're hustling all the time. I think they just sort of do it, which is a, which speaks more to their character rather than having to boast it. Like, you know, that's just my thought. The other thing that has been on my brain that I wanted to share, which if you saw the title of this episode is the C word. And that word is content. Which is one of my least favorite C words. And it's hard because I like language and content is often a word that very accurately describes the thing that you're talking about. And what better way to communicate with people than to use language that accurately describes what you're trying to communicate with them? It's kind of the entire point, right? But I, I've always had this issue with content. And if you if you talk to Heather or if you, if you if you know anything about Heather, she uses the term a lot. And we have this discussion all the time about like just about the use of the word content. And I'm a content creator. And it's like, wow, that sounds so creative. You create content. What? And uh, I, <laughs> so this kind of, this kind of goes into the, the, I, it really ties into the ethos behind my slogan in the first place, which is it's very human and it's very one of a kind and not one of a kind, but it's very individual and it's very, I hope at least authentic. And I think that the idea of just creating content is so inauthentic. I cannot stand the idea that what's that somebody's work is content creation because that's literally like I'm a drawer filler. I'm a box thing putter in her. Like we have all this space, fill it with stuff, create content. Here's a website, put the content on it. Here's, here's a platform, put your content on it. And I know what it means. It means put your stuff that you make on the thing, which you know, if you're a company or a store or whatever and a manufacturer and someone says, here's for your products, you probably don't get offended when you're like your product because it's a thing that you make. But I feel like content has such a, it's almost like the word influencer, which just makes me gag a little bit because con content to me devalues whatever it is that you're making. And if what you're making is just, it just exists to get clicks and to sell a product and you don't really care about it, then that's content, empty calories where you're just a content creator, you know, and maybe that's, maybe that's client work. Maybe you're just trying to grow an audience or whatever. I, I talked to someone at an event a long time ago when I was just starting my YouTube channel and he was like, Oh man, I love Instagram. Instagram is great. And I was like, Oh cool. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of play around on Instagram a little. And then he goes like, I can just post pictures of whatever and people like it. He was like, look at this picture. It, I took this on my phone of the sunset. I didn't put any effort on it. It's got 500 likes. And I was like, oh, okay, this is getting strange. And then he's like, he liter literally said this, not figuratively, but word for word said, 
I don't care what I do. I just want the numbers to go up. And I died inside a little bit because that is the exact opposite of how I feel. It just felt so gross and disingenuous and just dirty. <laughs> but I mean, there are people like that because it doesn't matter. I mean, look at look at the, you know, five minute crafts channels on YouTube, which are like the third largest channels on the entire platform after PewDiePie and T-Series and they're garbage. They're complete garbage. They're badly made. They make no sense, but they just pump out so much content and they're so trendy and clickbaity that they don't care that it's garbage because the amount of money they can bring in through that ad revenue is massive. But there's their goal is different than my goal in making something. And they are genuinely creating content, whereas I would like to create stuff that I'm proud of and stuff that is helpful and stuff that is interesting or entertaining or, you know, nutritious, <laughs> intellectually nutritious, whatever you want to call it, emotionally nutritious, not just empty calories. And unfortunately, that doesn't sell as much, that doesn't grow as much, but it's a heck of a lot more satisfying, I think. And I would encourage people to lean towards that, especially if you're somebody who makes things in your spare time. If you got to pay the bills with the stuff that you make, then you might need to get into content creation mode and just like pump out stuff. But if you're doing whatever it is, making videos, podcasts, whatever, as a hobby, as something that you enjoy, as a side, quote unquote, side hustle, then maybe it's okay to be a little more thoughtful about it and not just create content to just clutter up the internet, but to create something of value, at least for yourself, because if it's valuable to you, then it probably will be valuable to somebody else. And then, you know, the other people finding it is a whole different issue. But I just, I just don't like us being content creators because I feel like that really is there is a beast, there is an algorithm, there's a platform that must be fed and you must give your content to the platform, more content, like platform needs content, as opposed to I spend a lot of time making something that I'm proud of, that I care about, and now I'm going to put it on whatever platform is going to be best to share that with people who are going to find it valuable and interesting. And I, that is the least trendy or popular way to look at things, I think, but... I wish it weren't. And I guess by just exploring that idea, if you've listened to me talk for 27 minutes, you probably empathize at least a little bit with that idea. And, you know, if I have the idea and I communicate it and then you listen to it and you think about it and maybe you share it with somebody else, then maybe we'll start to see a bit more of that as more and more people talk about not creating content, but creating actual stuff. And I, I mean, even content creator, like I, I, maybe, maybe this is what it should be. Maybe I have a term with a problem with the word creator. You should be, you're not a content creator. You're a content generator because then I'm fine with that. Like you just generate content. Yeah, that's fine. But if you're creating something, I feel like that's really personal and that, that is much more purposeful and authentic. And if you just put content like you don't go to a museum to look at content. The museum, I guess you could say, has content. The exhibits have content. But you go to look at creations. 
and I, I think I, maybe that's it. So maybe there we go. You can be a content generator, but not a content creator because they don't go together. Because if you're creating content, you're creating something that eh, inherently doesn't have a lot of value. Probably if, you know, if you're going beyond just the generic like term and really looking into what it means, I feel content is a very devaluing term. I feel like when you spend your time, put your energy, your effort into something it's much more valuable than just food for an algorithm to pop an ad on and send to, you know, someone who they have their data of and thinks that they will click on it. Oh, that felt real soapboxy. <laughs> but it's, I mean, that that is the point of this podcast is I could not make a 28 minute YouTube video where I talk about content and things like that. I guess I could, but I wouldn't want to, but that's what this is to kind of go into that deep dive. And it's, it's enjoyable to, to think about, you know, those kinds of priorities, especially when you know that they not, aren't always the most popular thing in the world. So that that's my big encouragement is if you look at the slogan of work hard, be kind, have fun. And then if you're somebody who makes something, I mean, sticking with that authenticity so that the stuff you spend your energy on doesn't just, just become content, but is actually something you've created that you're proud of and is meaningful I think that that's really, really important. And I I just, I appreciate that so much when I see people doing those things and making that stuff much more so than just the, the whatever's going to get clicks and likes and follows and things for the day. Because what is the point? And I don't know if you've ever found completely fake YouTube channels, but... It's kind of sad. Uh, there's a few that I've seen where it, oftentimes it will be people will leave comments on my channel and they'll be like, oh, dude, this is a great video. Like, I also have a boosted board or this thing or whatever. And then sometimes I'll click on their channel and go like, oh, do they have stuff? Most of the time when people leave comments on your channel for YouTube, they do not have channels or they don't have anything on their channels. So when you find someone who does, it's always really interesting. Like, oh, this is somebody who makes stuff. What do they make? And there's one time I remember specifically that I looked at somebody's channel. I was like, oh, it's like a young kid. He's making these vlogs. They're, they're actually pretty good. Like, they're really well made. You know, they're pretty interesting. And But then I was looking at his numbers and they made no sense because the you know the the last like five videos he had put out had something like 50 or 60 views but all of the videos before that had 10,000 15 30,000 views like huge numbers of views and i was like what happened where there's just this drop off and then i was looking at the videos this is stuff i would have never done if heather hadn't like demystified how to like dig into analytics but i was then looking at his comments and his engagement and you're was looking at these videos that had 15 or 20,000 views, but they had six likes and four comments. And that raises a red flag. If you're on Instagram and somebody has 60,000 followers and they post a picture and it gets 48 likes, that's a red flag that something is inauthentic. You're just looking at content. And what that means, it's you know, on YouTube, like a video doesn't need a bunch of likes to be good. You can find a terrific video that no one's ever seen before. But if somebody, if a video has 15,000 views and six thumbs up, 
and you know zero thumbs down, that is not real engagement. That is not 15,000 people that actually watched the video, especially because in this person's case, in their later videos that were getting fewer views, that engagement was the same. Same six thumbs up, same four comments. And what that tells you is that there has been this audience that's been watching the whole time, you know, the, the actual viewers who are leaving comments and doing the thing. And then this person was probably just buying views, going to some click farm site and you pay $5 for 5,000 views or whatever it is. And was just doing that all the time and then had stopped, which is good. But then it looks like their channel just died, which also then of course, in YouTube's eyes and the all-powerful algorithm's eyes is bad because it looks like your channel did just die. And, and even when it had all these views, your watch time is really low and your engagement is really low. So doing that kind of stuff, aside from being against the terms of service, will really hurt you in the long run. But more than that, it's also insane. Like, I don't know, it, it reminds me of, of like, if I were to just make a video put it on my TV and just play it on a loop. Like it's cool that I made the video, but just because it looped on my TV 10,000 times doesn't mean that there's any audience for it. Like, I don't know what the accomplishment would be. And it's strange. And of course I understand the part where like, unfortunately, and I'm very guilty of this, when you're going through YouTube and you, you go to look on a video, you know, if you look up anything and you find a video or you find your search results, it's kind of natural to look at the view counts. And there could be a video that is the best video on the subject, but it has 300 views. And then there's another video that has 300,000 views. And I know I'll just instinctively click on the one that has more because I'll think more people watched it, even though it's not necessarily better. And so sometimes people would like to buy clicks, inflate their views, not just to get the numbers up, but so that they think more real people will watch it because the video looks like it has more views. I don't know if that's effective or not, but I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like that that is where we are at with these wonderful tools and these wonderful opportunities. I like authenticity. There's one channel I'm subscribed to and I, th I might have mentioned it even before on the podcast where the guy has been daily uploading for a number of years. I think he's at eight or 900 days in a row every day, either an upload or a live stream for 900 days has never missed one. He has 11 subscribers and zero. Most videos have zero views. Literally like YouTube says no views, which means even he's not watching it back because when you upload a video and then you go back into to add in like end screens and stuff, it usually generates one view count. And that blows my mind because I, there's kind of this thing where if you keep working hard and you keep grinding at the platform, eventually it will pay off. And this, to see it not is just really mind blowing to me. But also it doesn't stop the guy from making the videos because Clearly, he has a different reason for doing it than gaining huge numbers. He's doing it for value or to, to personally chronicle a, a journey or an experience or whatever it is. But that's genuine. I would take that way over stupid five-minute crafts, which are just, it's like five-minute crap. Um, and that's, it's frustrating. And I see I'm a part of the no small creator 
uh, Facebook group, which was Cody Warner's. Cody Warner started the No Small Creator you know, movement. And it's great. And it's the idea that it doesn't matter the size of your channel, <laughs> your channel, that, you know, everything is valuable. And whether you, you have very low views and very few subscribers or a massive channel with tons, you, you're still, you have this platform, you're still saying stuff that is valuable and it's still worth listening and, and sharing and creating and for yourself making something. And it, it's real. it's a really positive thing. But after Cody's channel blew up last summer, the No Small Creator group grew like crazy. I think it had 300 members when I joined and now it's 6,000 or thousands and thousands. It's really hard to even keep up with. And there's, I, I love the idea behind it, but it's also something where I just kind of like shake my head at a lot of the times because it's so many people who are looking at what other people have done and trying to duplicate it for themselves. If you go through that group and you look at the videos, there are so many like dollar store Peter McKinnons. And I'm sorry, I know that's offensive, but the, I mean, there are people who like look and act and create their videos exactly the way Peter McKinnon does, like talk about the same things. And then they wonder why they're not like crazy. Like they blow up a little bit, you know, get, their channels will get a little bit of growth, but they never hit the thing that like Peter hit where suddenly it was off like crazy. And it's like, yeah, because nobody was doing what he was doing when he did it. And he also has a very specific personality and perspective and style that are his own and were new and fresh to the platform at the time. The same thing happened with Casey Neistat. There were, he did his thing. And then there were lots of people who were kind of trying to do that very DIY daily vlog kind of rough around the edges thing. And it just didn't work because they forgot that they're not him. And there's nothing wrong with doing that. Like, you know, you, I'm looking at my guitars right now. When you start playing guitar, you might want to get the same gear that your favorite guitarist has because you, you want to sound like them and, and they're great. And then you get that and you might realize like, oh, this, this guitar is actually not that comfortable or, Maybe I'm not really interested in that band's music anymore, but I like this style of music. You know, it, it's fine to start by imitating and being influenced by others, but you don't want to stay there. And the No Small Creator Group, there's a lot of content generation there. And I wish there were more creativity because it's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of aspiring, growing people. And there's also a lot of really wonderful stuff there too. So, I want to be super clear about that. But there are so many things. I, a couple podcasts ago, I was going through my email inbox on the podcast and reading all of the emails that pop through for collaborations and, and things like that. And I am not bragging because this does not make me special. But this week, I think every day this week, I had to turn down at least one quote unquote brand deal where someone would be like, hello, we're, you know, it's always some like very American sounding name, but from a person in China with like very broken English. So it's like, hi, I'm Nick. Uh, we have product good for you. And like, I'm not trying to be uh, offensive, but the, it's very like broken English, which is fine. You, you know, it's a, like a, a Chinese electronics manufacturer that has this gear or whatever. Sometimes it's, you know, Apple accessories. It's a lot of microphones, like wireless microphones, camera microphones, Stuff I would never buy on my own because they're not high quality, but they want to send the things out to you and then you review it and then whatever. 
And in general, it's probably just best to stay, say no to that because you're not actually like no one's going to buy the thing anyways. You're not doing a service by reviewing it. But then you're also just devaluing yourself because you're like, oh, I got this free crappy microphone and now that's what I'm sharing on my channel is like I'm just a shill for whatever company wants to send me something. But point is, in the No Small Creator group, there's so many people who, unfortunately, that happens and they think that that means that they're like, they're massive now, you know, like whatever person you can think of. If Samsung approaches Casey Neistat, well, now like generic microphone company consolidated has approached you you must be massive too and it's like no and you like don't sell yourself out for those those little things like just stay true to your character and the thing that you want to make the most charming thing in the world is when people are just making their stuff heather and a number of people i wish i had the time to participate in this but i just didn't this week with everything else that's going on but heather started a thing called 10 day tackle she talked about it a little bit on the end of last week's podcast if you're interested about it you can go to 10daytackle.com or go to youtube and search the hashtag 10 day tackle it's it's a totally free thing she she just wanted to get people who were interested in the idea of creating not generating to create stuff and so to make videos to to take on a tackle and document it over 10 days so whatever it was some people are, you know, just trying to make videos. Some people might be trying to get in shape, eat healthy, uh, show the things that they're appreciate, appreciative for every day, learn something new every day, build, you know, whatever it is, it's a little different for everybody. But it's it's insane. We're on day, I think today is day five. But as of yesterday, there were almost 40 videos that have been created in the last four days for this thing. And it was like, wow, that's 40 stories that wouldn't have been told <laughs> otherwise, unless she created this thing. And I love it because it's so pure. There are a few people in there that have pretty well-established channels, some like large <laughs> audiences, but the majority of people doing it are just starting out and they have very small channels, little to no subscribers, their view counts are low. And it's the best because it's so authentic. It's somebody who's taking a camera with them, figuring figuring it out. It's someone who's just setting up their camera and sharing an idea or sharing a skill or an experience. And even for Heather, she's been so exhausted and not feeling well this week. But I've loved watching her videos and I've loved watching her make her videos because it reminds me so much of the videos I saw from when she started her YouTube channel, which we didn't know each other at the time. But that was where you know she had quit her job. She was starting this journey. She like borrowed a camera and just tried to figure it out. Just, you know, she, her first video has, I forget what it is. It's something like two minutes of just silence because she didn't know how to deal with music and didn't want to get in trouble. So it's like, I think it's like a scene of her drawing out like a business plan and it's just silence. And you know, that's not, I'm not saying people should make bad videos, but that is authentic. Like that is somebody creating something and sharing it much more so than just generating content. Of course, you can do a little bit of both like Super Bowl ads there. There's some marketing and content, but wow, is that creative content for sure. And and of course, you know, there's any number of creative ways. Film Riot is a great example for the last 10 years. They've had ads in their channel that are terrific and super creative and they do whole skits around them and like 
you don't even mind watching the commercial part of the show because it's entertaining and it just happens to be for a product. And it's also something that like, you know, they actually use and endorse. So that that's a part of it too. But back to the 10 day tackle, it's so refreshing just to, it reminds me of, you know, I love our beautiful like production values in today's YouTube. But when I think of YouTube 2007, when it was very blurry, crummy webcams, it was just so pure. Like there was no way to monetize anything. There was no way to like, I think it was still the star ratings at the time, instead of thumbs up, thumbs down, you like videos had star ratings. And you just sort of like, would just go down these rabbit holes of people just doing weird stuff. Everything was badly lit and kind of out of focus. And I don't miss that. I, I like things looking good, but what I miss is the spirit behind that, where it was just for the fun of it, for the joy of it, for the, you know, just wanting to share something like that is what I think makes digital media and all these platforms really special is that you can just share what you want and it can be so genuine and it can be so authentic. And now that the tools have become so democratized and so high quality, you know, last week we talked about cameras there are no bad cameras in 2019. So everything looks amazing. You know, there's great ways to get great sounding audio and editing software is abundant. So it's like everybody can create this stuff that is incredible. And I love when people take that spirit of, I just want to make a thing and figure it out along the way and, and just go for it. That's my, that's my favorite thing to see and to watch. And I, I appreciate that so much. So I guess that kind of takes it full circle to the slogan of genuinely just, you know, work hard, be kind, have fun is about what you need to be successful. It's not necessarily something you have to tell people that you're doing all the time, because if you're doing those things, you and the results of it will speak for themselves. And you don't have to boast about hashtag hustle all the time, which is, you know, there's a game that we all have to play, but there's an authenticity that is just always refreshing and appreciate, appreciative, appreciated. <laughs> uh, and, and I'm so grateful to have people like Heather and our friends in my life that are inspiring and motivating in those ways. So I definitely encourage you to find those people, whether you know them in real life or just follow them somewhere and and go for it. And if you're uh, 46 minutes deep into this sucker, maybe I'm one of those people for you, which is definitely an honor. So please feel free to reach out. Uh, I'm at SoDarnTom on Twitter and Instagram. And of course, The Enthusiasm Project on YouTube. And uh, yeah, send me an email, send me a message, leave a comment, whatever you need if you want to share anything. I uh, hope this was beneficial to you. Next week, the podcast that I upload, hopefully, <laughs> will be the presentation that I talked about at the beginning. Uh, if not, then we'll talk about why not. So we'll see. I'm as anxious to see how that works as you are. And as always, you know, time is a really valuable resource. And I appreciate you giving me the valuable resource of your time. So take care and I'll talk at you next time.